Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. And I said the other day um, that I had a guest and I thought, this is kind of fun. I've got my first guest with me. I thought I should do more guesting. I should have more people on. I even made a promise to have more guests on the show a couple of episodes ago. And now I have another guest on the show. Today, I have a fantastic individual, a fellow by the name of Craig McKee. Craig and I crossed paths a couple years back, almost five or six years ago now, and he is uh, an individual who um, is an, an absolute open-minded free thinker in many aspects of many things. He focuses primarily a lot of his time and attention on connecting with people and opening the eyes and asking questions about 9-11. So that's more or less his his focal point, his center, uh, and it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So with us today, I got a really good friend, uh, Craig McKee. Craig, how are you today? I'm great, Adam. I'm, I'm great, and uh, thanks very much for, for thinking of me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> anyone that listens uh, to this show knows that, uh, uh, like I've said a thousand times, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, uh, one of them staunch conspiracy theorists. I don't wear my tinfoil hat out in public. Um, and this isn't even a conspiracy podcast. This is, um, this is a motivational podcast in a sense where if you're open to and able to see things from a different angle and from a different side, you know, there's so much to it. And the best way for me to describe how that works is to take something that we've been handed, just a story that we've been given, uh, 9-11, for example, and we watched it on the news and our brains, you know, our brains told us planes hit the World Trade Center. We saw it on video. We don't know if we've been deceived. Why would we ever have been deceived? Why would the government lie to us? Why isn't everything as it's presented to us? You know, so that's, that's all false. And that's the thing. That's the main thing um, that I talk about. And it's if you apply that logic to why you believe certain things about yourself, why you believe in weakness about yourself or why you believe somebody says something or why you believe this, that, and anything. Because I mean, when, when you can be lied straight to your face as if it were fact by somebody you're supposed to trust, parent, government, bloody news network, before you even wake up to it, you're like, this, they're delivering me the news. The television, the whole purpose of this is to give me the news. Why would they lie to me? One question leads to another, leads to another, and your eyes really start opening up. But there's always that one gateway. There's always that one, that one thing that's like, shh, like when you touch something hot, well, I'll never do that again. But we all have that one thing that kicks us off, that allows us to create the freedoms that we want, the mindset that we want, the character that we want to become. There's always that one kick. So before we get into 9-11 and before we get into all that sort of stuff, I'm fascinated to know, having known you for close to 10 years now, fascinated to know what it was for you that was like, wow, maybe these, maybe, maybe everything isn't as it seems. <laughs> what was, do you, do you know what your moment was or where you were or what was going on? Well, um, I can certainly tell you the, the, the 9-11 moment, moment, but I guess I would go 
to answer your question, I'd go back uh, further. Um, because back when I was a teenager, one of the subjects that fascinated me was the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. And I read everything I could get my hands on about that. As, and, as an observer, sorry. I would assume, as like John Q. Public, who's like, wow, they killed him and that sort of thing, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think I had a natural predisposition to question things, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to not believing uh, official narratives. Um, I never made a conscious decision to do that, but it just, it just came very naturally. Uh, I didn't, whatever the thing is that makes a lot of people deny the possibility that anything could be out uh, amiss mm-hmm. in our, in our world. Um, I didn't seem to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean, of course, that I, you know, swallowed every, every, uh, every theory. It just means I was prepared to, to ask questions and to, uh, if necessary, uh, reject a, a story that I'd been told. So looking back to those, uh, you know, those days, and of course that's all pre-internet. So, you know, my idea of, of researching the Kennedy assassination was going to the library and taking out books about the Kennedy assassination and reading them. Um, obviously today, the, the, the amount of material that one can find is vastly greater. Um, but I, I knew there was something wrong then, and I had no, tr- no trouble as a teenager saying, it's obviously the CIA has done this. It's obvious. Um, and I think, that, I think that our, I think we were allowed to question more freely at that time than we, we are now. I remember even the, the Fifth Estate uh, program on CBC did a whole thing about the Kennedy assassination where they had different people talking about all the, all the evidence that, that didn't line up. Um, there was one guy on there that was convinced it was the mafia and, and others that, that talked about the CIA. But of course, at the time I thought, well, you know, the mafia and the CIA worked together very closely for a long time. So, so the idea that it could, they could both be right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I mean, you know, that's a whole that's a whole story too so anyway uh the idea that the cia killed kennedy uh didn't strike me as a a stretch at all but that doesn't mean i automatically believed it it means i was prepared to read about it to question and to look actually look at the evidence with i hope an open mind so it was bush senior was it not that was the the head of the cia at the time he's the one that, that made the call i believe well, he, he's, there was definitely a memo that written by J. Edgar Hoover where they referred to uh, Mr. George Bush of the CIA. And this was, <laughs> this was you know, uh, before he was supposed to be involved in the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not an expert in, in the, the evidence pointing towards George Bush being actually involved in the assassination. So I, I, I'm not sure I can make that case very effectively. But yeah, also, but if, the CIA is, it. if the CIA is listening to this, we, we have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, everything's fine. Nothing That's worry, right. Look That's the other right. way. That's right. <laughs> I hope they enjoy this satirical program that of course, we're, uh, yes. putting together. War, um, of the, War of the Worlds, uh, part two over here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm quite sure that if they if they get any wind of the of, of you talking about 9/11, then I'm sure you, if you haven't already, you've got somebody listening in. Oh yeah, well I also I also mentioned the Clintons two episodes ago, and ah wow yeah and that'll and, do it. 
Yeah, they've got more hits than some Canadian bands. So it's a, <laughs> it's it's an interesting you know topic to talk about. Yeah. But I can't bring that up. You know, I could never talk about the amount of suicide victims that the poor Clintons have, and you know, in their in their sphere of friends. <laughs> People get very depressed after I, they deal with the Clintons. Apparently, I, I could. Where there's just no other way out. Well, some of them turn into magicians. I mean, Epstein, for the love of God, that guy. Wow. He must have put in some effort to commit suicide. Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what I'm talking about. That was We must have crossed paths on a different bandwidth. I think something else came in there because I wasn't talking about Epstein or the Clintons. <laughs> that wasn't me. Um, yeah, yeah. So back to the topic at hand. Right. <laughs> the CIA and the mafia, for sure. Um, that yeah. makes sense. I have a question about that, though. So yeah. when you obviously weren't using the internet, and, and before we went live, actually, we were talking about – uh, the three things that, you know, you know, they're on to you when the three things show up. One of the three things shows up. And we're not going to talk about the other two, but the third one, as we stated, was your site gets shut down. Um, right. And you, uh, speaking of people watching you, your site was um, one of the very first that went up and one of the, one of the highest trafficked, uh, one of the most observed sites on the internet. And in this movement, you were, you were one of the top dogs because you were one of the first to speak out and you had the best content uh, and they pulled you down. Well, they did, and that happened just last year. And um, I'm not the uh, I'm not the only one that that had that happen. Um, I mean, I don't know how many people are aware of the fact that over the last couple of years, maybe two or three years, well, at least, uh, there has been a purge going on. Oh, it's of, a it's a book burning 2.0 for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now a lot of people that I know who 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 consume mainstream media primarily to get their information um, have no idea about this and and I'm not even sure if they're if they care that much um, because uh, you know it's it's it tends to be alternative well it doesn't tend to be it is alternative uh, voices that are being silenced and we've seen it on Facebook we've seen hundreds and hundreds of Facebook pages taken down uh, people have been you know booted off sometimes they get you know, you post the wrong thing and you're gone for a month. Other times, uh, a group's page will be deleted permanently. Now, in my case, my website, when I started my website, which is Truth and Shadows is the name of it. Um, Again, it was, that, that's the, the website that's up right now, you're the, where people can go and find you and read more about, you know, everything yes. that you know. That, that's truthandshadows.com? Dot com, yes. Perfect. <clears throat> it was truthandshadows.wordpress.com before. Um, that's the one that's dead. Um, so that's the one I created. That's, I mean, it's what I have up now is, is the same site. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's been reproduced basically. Were you able um, to, were, did you have everything sort of, uh, set up so that you could, did you lose much or did you migrate properly or how did that all work out? Well, um, let me, okay. Let me tell you how it, well, okay. Let me, let me, um, Sorry if I lost your train of thought there. No, you didn't. I'm just trying to think of what order to tell the story here, because <laughs> I can tell you how uh, what what I what I was able to save. Uh, that's no problem. Um, I was able to save, and to, to WordPress's credit, despite the fact that they are prepared to uh, destroy, uh, you know, ten years of someone's a life. life's work. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they have no problem with that. They do give you a brief window, or at least in my case, they did to export my data. Wow. 
yeah, they basically, they, they tell you for a limited time, but they don't tell you what a limited time is. So, of course, when you get that notice. The next 14 thinking, minutes. <laughs> well, that's right. You don't know. It could be 14 minutes. It could be two hours. Yeah. It could be two weeks. So, of course, I was I somewhat freaked out, but I actually knew other people that had had this happen. So I wasn't completely shocked. I kind of had a feeling I might be on borrowed time. And I had even gone through. Um, all of my past articles, I decided, okay, I know there's a way to back up the site properly, and I don't, I was trying to figure out from people, you know, how do you do that, whatever, and I thought, well, while I'm trying to figure this out, I'm not going to take any chances, so I, I went, and I actually created a Word document where I pasted in every article with photos, the whole deal, it was 200 and something articles and it took it took a number of uh, hours to do it um, but I thought you know better to do it and then it's done uh, rather than try to spend time figuring out how to back the site up properly um, and then have the thing disappear before I get that figured out so I did that and I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, One of the neat things that came from that too is, is I've been a staunch supporter and uh, observer um, of your brand of entertainment and your website and you as an individual. And I remember when it went down, um, uh, the, the sheer panic that came through your, your messages. Um, I, I, yes. It was not something that I took lightly because it also, it wasn't my first experience. You know, I mean, I've been shadow banned before on, on, uh, on all social medias simply because I don't talk about anything in particular, but I certainly talk about everything in particular. Right. Um, and, and, and because of what happened to you, actually, the podcast that I've done now and the significant uh, information that I'm putting up, I'm, double, I'm doubling down. So when they do pull the plug on me, and it's going to happen, you know, I'm, I'm going down for one of the three things, <laughs> tax, right. assaults or whatever, and, and of course, just <laughs> removal of everything. You know, when, th- right. when any of those three things happen to you, it's like, geez, Louise. But I'm because of you, I've actually I've doubled my efforts. So when my stuff goes live, it goes up and it also goes into a bank. So when I get shut down, I flick the switch and another me right back up. Good. Yeah. And that's something that I recommend to anyone that has an opinion about anything that really values what they're doing and how they want to share it. I strongly recommend you also do that. Absolutely. I'm sure there I, I wish I were a little bit more knowledgeable about IT stuff. You know, I'm kind of a bit at the, at the, at the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I'm in, I'm, I require help from other people. Um, <laughs> there's an expression I was looking for and I couldn't come up with it, but um, at the mercy, got it, at the mercy of other people. Um, so uh, that's, I was able to get my, my website restored uh, with, uh, with some help. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how much of an exercise that would have been if I hadn't had that help. I'm not even sure if I could have done it. Well, but, even, though, even though all that information's up, you've lost the backing, you've lost the foot traffic, you've like, they, they uh, succeeded, you know, um, they succeeded yeah. in, in, in wiping out what was once you, uh, because your, your history and your lineage was all there. Yeah. Um, and so now, when I say they succeeded, I mean, it's only going to take a matter like the next big thing to happen, you know, you're going to be right back up and right in the forefront again. But at the end of the day, people can still find you. And it's, it's these podcasts and it's these things. And this is really why I wanted to have you on the show as well is just to get my audience a little bit more aware of you. And I mean, I really should have prefaced the, you know, the beginning of this podcast by saying, you know, I'm not, this isn't a conspiracy podcast, but we're, 
we're going to go full bore. Um, and it's really not a conspiracy when you've got proof and we're backing up virtually everything we're saying right here. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questionable content going into this episode and a lot of stuff that these are real life, real applications, things that have happened to people, things that could happen to you. If you're like, Oh, that'll never happen to me. But if you've got an opinion, if you, if you're starting something, if you're trying to create a movement and if you're trying, even if it's just straight positivity, there are so many people that want to quash positivity you're you're up against as, as a free speaker in this day and age and in this world, you're up against not only the them that we're talking about, those that can actually have your plug pulled, but the them that they affect. So if I'm sitting here as, as the government and I'm like, don't do this, don't do that. Watch the news. CNN is God. CNN pay attention to CNN. I'm creating drones that are just automatically out there clicking on reporting and ticking on things because I've told them to as the government, as this, as that. So you can be going about your business completely willy nilly. Some guy somewhere overhears your conversation and says, Hey, this guy's doing something and brings you to the attention of somebody else because now you're essentially an enforcer of indoctrination. Um, so, I mean, I, I was addressing the crowd and the audience in, in that sense, but I mean, I, I know, I know it's, it's complicated to, to really do your best to create that, that momentum and that positivity. And it is, it is a shame when, when they pull this down and it's not just you. When we talk about book burning 2.0, I mean, the social media, social media is, is, is virtually pointless now um, because anyone with, with, with a say or anyone with an opinion, they've, they've blocked, they've banned, they've, they've said you can't talk. Anyone that mentions flat earth, they shut down right away, right? And it's so peculiar to me, whether you want to believe in flat earth or not, it's so peculiar to me that if it's mentioned, it's shut right down. So if you don't want to believe in flat earth, if you don't want to believe in any of these opinions, that's fine. If you do, that's fine too. The purpose of that statement is why would somebody shut it down? As in pull it away from the possibility of other people to look at. It's the same with 9-11. It's the same with, yeah. I mean, even to touch, even to touch down on, I don't you remember that terrorist from New Zealand, the guy that, the quote unquote guy that ran into the, into the, the thing mosque. Out of the mosque. Yes. They posted this video of him doing it. And in that video, he was standing outside. He ran into the building shooting and he picked up his own clip in that video. They then banned that video, said nobody can talk about it, kiboshed it, put a gun ban in place in New Zealand within 30 minutes. Nobody could ever do anything. That video was pulled off the internet entirely. That video disappeared. The first and only video in the history of the internet to disappear right? Completely disappear. Or so we think, because when we're not aware of things that do go missing, they've never gone missing because we weren't technically aware of them, even though we did see them before. So how many other things like that have been buried? When you say once it's on the internet, it's always on the internet. Not uh, anymore. No, <laughs> not dude. anymore. No, that's, that's a, that's a myth. Um, and I, I used to think that too. I used to, you know, people would say, Oh my God, once it's, you know, once it's out there, that's it. You can never get it back. And, yep. and of course, if, <laughs> Getting it back is one thing, but no, things disappear all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, what people don't realize is that if a website goes down, um, you know, it's down, it's gone. It's like it never existed. I mean, if somebody else picked up a, an article, you might be able to re retrieve one here, one there. But um, the, the other thing I want to add, you know, before uh, we leave the topic of, of the censorship part of it because this is an important aspect because what you you made a point and you're quite right that it's not just the fact that i was able to recreate the website is is 
fine, but I lost 10 years of links. Yeah. My articles were linked all over the place, yep. and I had more than 2 million hits in those 10 years. Mm -hmm. So those links are now severed. They're gone. So it's like I've just gone back to, to, to the beginning again. I've started yeah. fresh, but here's what's different. Um, if, I, if, if it was as simple as just starting over, I could still do that and then do it again, what I did the first time. But what's changed even more recently, apart from WordPress being, by the way, I would just say, just stay away from WordPress. I mean, if you're if you're a freedom fighter, you know, if you've well, got if, a, you're, and, if you've got a store yeah. for baskets, by all means. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, I you know, you can use their their templates, but I would not let them host your site. Oh gosh, no. Because, no. but back in 2010 when I started, I didn't know any better. In they fact, were they I were a go-to. They were they were the well, best exactly. option. They were the yeah. best option. Absolutely, and and I and being a, you know, not being the swiftest person in terms of uh, setting up IT stuff, you know, that became a very attractive thing because, like, wow, first of all, it's free. Second of all, the the template is all done for you, so you just in five minutes, I had my website up, and, and it looks so pro. Was, like we just yeah, turned, exactly. We exactly. just turned into a commercial for WordPress, but don't use it. <laughs> right. Well. You know, but that's what, that was 2010. So that's, that's right. My, that's my 2010 commercial. That's right. Yeah. Business. Okay. Now, 2019 is a very different story because by, by uh, using their hosting, you know, using their template and everything, that meant that I was part, it was essentially they were the host. So that's why it said truthandshadows.wordpress.com in the old uh, URL. Mm -hmm. Um that, of course, meant that they had absolute control over my website. That's right. And in the early years, I didn't really, you know, give that a lot of thought. Mm -hmm. But in more, you know, last year or so, then, of course, it became a real problem. And fortunately, they don't have that anymore. But what I was going to say just on, on this again is, is that what's happened with Google, it's important to talk about that because it's not just WordPress taking people's websites down or Facebook uh, taking down uh, pages, or it's it's also YouTube uh, taking down accounts or demonetizing accounts. Mm -hmm. So that somebody that that produces videos and they have a big audience and they're able to actually support themselves doing that, they can just have their the monetization of their of their uh, YouTube account just canceled, just like that. So they're dead in the water. But what happened with me with Google going back to It's I more than this, just a the monetization. They're not just pulling the monetization off. They're well, sometimes they're taking you out altogether. They're yeah. wiping you out. They're wiping you off. It's like you never existed. They're wiping you off the yeah. face of the earth. And worse off than that, they're they're leaving you up there. So it's like they've cut the cord, you're dead in the water. Right. And they're just leaving you up there. There's nothing's driving any traffic. Again, right now they can sever those links like you talked about. They can sever all of them. And, but you're still there. <laughs> right. You're still there. And, and just like my site is, is there, but the, my traffic has been devastated by the fact that Google's algorithms now make it almost impossible. If you have to be specifically looking for something on my site to find it in, in the, in, in the old days, uh, pre, let's say 2017, um, I could, you could type in, at one, at one point, you could type in 9-11 and Pentagon, and I had an article on page one of, mm -hmm. of, of Google searches. 
that's all you needed. So I was getting hundreds of hits a day on, just on that one article. And that's that article I wrote back in 2010. Nice. Right. So they changed their algorithm. So now you can never find that article unless you know the headline and then you can type in the headline or you type in the name of the website. But so the point is, it, they don't have to censor me to 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 censor me because now yeah, censoring uh, you no longer has anything to do with you. It's just right. Well, just it's the, I can I can be read by the people that already know I exist. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm I'm preaching to the choir if if that's all that's happening. Well, there's another alternative to this too. A lot of people are familiar with it, but a lot of people aren't. Also, by the way, Craig, I think that after you've been on this show. Um, all of your traffic will come back 100%. That's how great well, I that's, am. Well, yeah, that's, that's good, that's to, good to hear. Yeah. I'm yeah. just kind of hoping that would be the case, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. That, uh, or, that or Jimmy Kimmel, I figure if I could get on one, one of One or the other, yeah. yeah. I won't have Jimmy on the show. I don't care for him. But um, <laughs> yeah. the, yeah. the, uh, the, the secondary option, too, that you're seeing a lot over the place, almost too much, you're almost seeing it too much, is DuckDuckGo. Um, and this is, it's almost like they're, they're, they're ramming it down our throats to use DuckDuckGo if you don't want to use Google. Like, I'm hesitant to use it. I mean, and then therein lies the, therein lies the thing. Like, I typically know what I'm looking for, um, but we also know, like, even when you don't want to take conspiracies out of it, like, your general search engine will tell you, you know, like, if you hate Mexico and I love Mexico and you and I search for Mexico, there's going to be a lot of things on your re reply that Mexico is terrible and mine, Mexico is great. So that has been going on for a long time. Um, but it's the rewriting of history. It's the rewriting of history that, like you said, you know, when those links are severed, when those people on YouTube, you know, are shut down, when anybody, anybody has an opinion, it's happening everywhere. Like I am a motivational podcast. I am a motivational Instagram account. Um, I hit 40,000 fans on Instagram at one point and then it just, it just dissipated. It just disappeared. Things stopped dropping off. I stopped getting all traffic. I didn't understand what was going on. Uh, I wasn't getting any through traffic, you know, and, and it, it, it just dropped off and dropped off and dropped off. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Like it was a shadow ban and then it wasn't. And then, you know, like now I have uh, low traffic on it, but it's not yeah. something that I'm necessarily complaining about. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are bitching about it big time, especially now with Instagram that, that they've taken the likes away. So people can't see the likes. So there's, there's people out there, like you said, that were fully monetizing this, that, that are absolutely dead in the water. You know, there are people that are like losing their minds. You took everything from me. And, you know, for me, it's a bit of a laugh because it's just Instagram was important, but when they took away all this stuff and went, especially when they initially shadow banned me probably about a year ago, uh, if you look at my profile, it's, it's all just, Hey man, you can do it. Hey, I believe in you. Hey, rock on, you know, with a couple of questionable, like, Hey, maybe you should look into this type of thing. But my, my whole thing personally, my whole thing is always like, don't think like me, just think for yourself. That's all I want you to do. And they have a problem with that. And that's been made apparent. So the the censorship, I mean, who knew that we were going to talk about censorship? And, and actually, yeah. I laughed because you asked me, you know, how long is this going to be? And I said, these things typically take a mind of their own. It could be anywhere from 20 minutes if we're boring to, you know, we could talk for six hours. No, six hours was off the table. So two hours, you know, who knows? But they do have a mind of their own. Um, and And everybody loves to hear this because everybody's going through something like this. Maybe not to the extent of, of you know, uh, losing all your followers and, and losing all this and you can't pay rent now, but like certainly an experience like, hey, I used to look for something and now I can't find it or hey, this is, hey, that's a thing. So if this cast and if this situation, if anyone's listening to this and they're like, oh shit, wait a minute, 
you know, that's, that's a big one. Um, but that is censorship. Uh, and I do want to move on because I really do want to sort of get into, um, uh, your, your coup de gras, your, your big, your, your big piece of the pie. The, the reason that they came after you in the first place, I do want to talk about nine 11. Did you, did you want to uh, add anything to where we were on that? Oh, on, on 9-11? No, not 9-11. The oh, the, the other thing? The no, other I think, no, I think, yeah, we probably uh, covered it as thoroughly as we should, for sure. Good, good, good. Uh, good. There's, yeah, lots more to talk about, for sure. So everyone has a 9-11 story. Where were you on 9-11? What did you see, you know? And why 9-11 to me is, is so interesting is because in the annals of people's minds and in their brain, what they, under, what they don't understand is you're never remembering the incident. You're remembering the last time you remembered it. So we have this telephone tag game being played in our head. We have obviously the news censorship. We have all this going on. We, we were living in a different world in 2011 too. And people, or 2001, 2000, yeah, 9-11, 2001, gotcha. All right. Um, people, you know, there's so many different stories. You can listen to the numerology stories. You can listen to the, they did this and they did that. You can listen to the stories of how the bin Ladens were the only ones that got flown out of the country. You can listen to the stories about how, how jet engine fuel would not take down two buildings in perfect controlled implosion mode. Um, you can listen to the Pentagon. You can listen to, uh, no planes could have possibly hit the Pentagon. No planes visibly hit the Pentagon. Nobody ever saw a plane hit the Pentagon. There were no plane parts at the Pentagon. Uh, the plane that landed in the field, it apparently got swallowed into the earth is the official story. And people are like, yep, that's what happened. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's absolutely absurd. And then you have, you have the people that come back to you and say, well, people died on 9-11. Completely not the point. Like, yes, they did die. I mean, yes, 9-11, regardless of any way you view it, was a outright tragedy. But the story they told us has so many holes. My main thought on the whole thing is, is how can people, how can people live through, how can people live through this and look at this? And most people don't even address it. They're like, that was so long ago. What's next? And we know what's next. Whenever something true or major happens, they bury it with a mass shooting. Now, that's going to sound strange to anyone listening to this that, that doesn't know what I'm talking about, but every single mass shooting that you've ever seen on the news is bullshit. It's been faked. It's called a false flag. And every mass shooting that's real, because they do happen, just take a quick Google search of Chicago, uh, and none of them make the news. The gun violence that's going on in Chicago right now does not make the news. Talk to anybody in Chicago, they're like, I don't leave my house past 6 o'clock. Burger King, not for me, not tonight. Um, it's an interesting place that we live in. So bringing that full circle back to the man of the hour, which is you, Mr. McKee, tell me a little bit about Building 7. Well, Building 7 is the third tower that came down on 9-11 in New York City. Um, and when I say came down, I mean, the entire World Trade Center complex was destroyed. There were se uh, seven buildings altogether, and there were, there were some that were, you know, quite sh short, you know, just a few stories. And they were destroyed as debris fell and, and whatnot. But Building 7 uh, was a few hundred feet away from one of the towers, and it came down at about 5.20 in the afternoon 
Uh, and it went, it came straight down symmetrically into its own footprint in six and a half seconds. And the government has actually admitted that for at least a portion of that six and a half seconds, the building was coming down at free fall acceleration. And what that means is that as you watch the top of that building coming down, and it's on video, and I hope people will go and check. Uh, I'll talk about that in a moment, where they might go. But uh, that the top of that building that we see in the video falling, basically for uh, more than two seconds, was falling at the same speed as it, it would have fallen had it been falling through air, which means that there was zero resistance given by tens of thousands of tons of structural steel and concrete in that building as if as if it just disappeared molecular dispersion yeah well um some kind of dispersion for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure <laughs> because what the only way for that to happen in the way that it did would be if all of the support columns gave way simultaneously uh because if, if, if they didn't come give way simultaneously, or if just some of them gave way, you would have had an asymmetrical collapse. You would have had the building tipping over, you know, because the, the, the column that the government says initiated the whole thing uh, is over on one end. But what we see is the whole building coming down symmetrically, right into its own footprint, and it doing next to no damage, even to buildings on either side that were just a few feet away. So this cannot happen uh, by you know, debris falling from one of the other towers. This could only happen with explosives. Of course. And yeah, so, and I think you, uh, uh, you will find that there is evidence showing that all three of those towers were uh, demolished with explosives that were obviously in the buildings already. Now, one of the one of the interesting things about that is is people will say flat out, you know, you're going to tell me it was a controlled demolition, you know, to which we could reply, I'm not going to tell you anything. Take a look. <laughs> Here's the video. Well, and indeed. then they'll say, well, how on earth did they did they do that? You know, and one theory that I heard was they built the towers like they knew what they were going to do when they built it, and they put that in there during the build. Um, another theory that I heard, because that probably wouldn't last, because those towers went up when in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the twin towers were went up in the '60s, late '60s, and uh, Building Seven was built later than that. I think it went up in the '80s. So Building Seven may have may have been built with the explosives already inside. Um, and and you know, people would say there's no possible way that they would think that far in advance. Well, technologically speaking, there is massive amounts of proof that whoever the powers that be that are releasing the technology to us are a hundred years advanced. They've got stuff that we don't know anything about. And then they trickle it out you know, to us a little bit later when it benefits them. And we think it's brand new. So I'm not going to put anything past that, but the one that makes the most sense to me and the one that, that is, is highly viable is the fact that the world trade centers were so big and so drastic and people that worked in there were like, Oh yeah, they often had to switch floors. Yeah. Like we, we'd go away for the weekend and we'd go from floor 13 uh, to either, you know, down to floor 11. And we would just be on floor 11 when we came back and all of our stuff was there. They take everything important because they're moving the desks, they're moving this, and when you get back here, your office is going to be on the 11th floor. They're just switching floors. 
And if somebody's delivered a message like that, like if you're going to the office every day, you already hate your life. <laughs> so when you're like, well, okay, so I come back and I'm going to be on the 11th floor. Nobody cares. They're all like that. So then they can gut those floors, install the explosives, because no matter how you cut it, no matter how, like even if it was as factual as possible and that plane went in on an angle in the, into the top of the World Trade Center, the only viable thing that would have happened to that building is the top would have slid off, slid off like a slice. That's the, that's the, the scientific logical way that that building would have come down if it were to ever have come down. Um, not in its own footprint. I'm not talking about building seven. I'm now talking about yeah. tower one or two. Um, so, you know, these things are, these things are the, 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 they're the facts. The facts are these things took place. Now, are you familiar with what was in building seven and why they wanted, why the rumors are that building seven was the target, the actual target and all of it, and why they wanted to get rid of this? Well, I know, I know it had, it had a, very large CIA uh, office. It had the Securities and Exchange Commission. It had, jeez, um, uh, I'm drawing a bit of a blank, but had, I know it had, they were, they were doing, there was all the documentation that was for the investigations they were doing into uh, Enron and the World, and World Bank or whatever. Um, so everybody was about to get busted financially. Yeah. And then the World Trade Centers fell down. Yeah, and so all that was gone. Yeah, that's that's right. Just gone. <laughs> yeah, and also here's here's another thing too. The the uh, the city of New York's uh, emergency um, coordinating center that was built so that they could coordinate in the event of a major terrorist attack was in Building Seven, and on the I believe the twenty third floor. It was state of the art with blast proof windows and you know, every, everything. And it, uh, it wasn't used on nine 11. It was sitting empty. It was sitting empty. Uh, they actually, uh, moved Giuliani and, and the gang, uh, went to another building when they, yeah, they didn't go there. Um, and the building they went to, some people would say, Oh, well, they just didn't want to go close to the towers, but the building they went to was still close to the towers. And they were also there before it took place. Well, you're talking about FEMA. Uh, no, I'm talking about like in, like for the for the organizations. These guys were doing a quote unquote dry run that day, quote unquote. Could you, Giuliani was already in the control center. Okay, I'm not totally sure. I'm I'm uh, eh. aware aware of that specifically. I thought he kind of moved at some point in the morning. I know he said, I know he said uh, that the reason why. Uh, they wanted, he, he did say that he was told before the towers came down that they were going to come down, which, which is a, a big issue because nobody told anybody inside the towers that that was the case. So you had firefighters going into the towers to bring people out. And somehow Giuliani was aware that the buildings were going to come down. Um, but nobody, nobody in the fire department was told. So people walked into that building uh, to their deaths. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's a whole thing. The other, we should tell people too about Bill. I mean, since we're talking about building seven, we should talk about, uh, the BBC reporter who was, uh, live on television at five o'clock, uh, 20, 20 to 25 minutes 
before the building came down. And uh, they had her uh, live by satellite. And the BBC anchor back in England uh, announced that the Salomon Brothers building, which is another name for Building 7, uh, has collapsed and has come, has come right down. And they were asking Jane Stanley, their reporter in New York, uh, what she knew about this. And meanwhile, Jane Stanley is standing in front of a window and, and visible behind her, out the window, is Building 7 completely intact and still standing. So she's talking about, you know, uh, well, well, uh, well, you know, Dave, is, we're really not sure what's happening here. You know, it's confusing, a lot of confusion. And uh, it's a very bad English accent, but. That was um, good. I like that. <laughs> we, we pride ourselves on the acting on this. Show. Fantastic. Well, yeah. only what you really already know. Uh, Absolutely. If I knew his name, uh, let's call him Stanley because that's. Oh, no, that's her name. Let's call, let's call him uh, William. Uh, well, this is only what you already know, William. It's a sense of everything's very confused down here. What she meant was, I'm not there. I have no clue what's going on. Mm. But she's, she, you know, she explained it like, like she'd gone down and checked it out. So she's reporting on the destruction of Building 7 20 minutes before it happened. And in the middle of her interview, uh, somehow the satellite feed cut out, and that was the end of the interview. Well, so, you know, that's just later been claimed to be a mistake that they just they just screwed up. Uh, but it sounds awfully it sounds like to me like uh, somebody somebody got the script uh, read on air a little too soon. Yeah, uh, that's what it sounds like to me. In fact, uh, CNN reported earlier in the day that a third building had come down. And they said a third building about 50 stories high has also come down. That was like 1130 in the morning. And the only other building they could have been talking about is Building 7, which happened to be 47 stories. There were no other tall buildings that even could have been uh, the subject of that. So that's pretty peculiar. Where would they get the idea that a third building has come down? And, and then five hours later, that's exactly what happened. Um, and then on top of it, of course, uh, you know, people who are uh, veteran 9-11 truthers will already know this story, of course. But uh, Larry Silverstein, who was the leaseholder um, for the, the World Trade Center, he, he came into possession of the complex uh, just six weeks before 9-11. And then he, you know, doubled down on the insurance to make sure that it was covered for terrorist attacks. <laughs> um, so he, he certainly, and, and it's what an odd thing for somebody to want to acquire uh, the Twin Towers, because they were an absolute white elephant. They were filled with asbestos, and the, the Port Authority of New York was trying for years, was battling in court to, to uh, basically get out of being obliged to remove all the asbestos, which would have cost into the billions of dollars. And then Larry Silverstein comes along, uh, you know, he... he He's the leaseholder, but for all intents and purposes, he buys the complex uh, six weeks before, uh, loads it up with insurance, and then collects billions when the buildings come down. In fact, he, he, he collected double because they considered the two towers being hit by the planes to be separate terrorist attacks. So instead of just, just being you know, a single event, it was considered to be two events, so he collected even more. So, uh, but what's, what the reason I brought it, Silverstein up 
is because he uh, was interviewed on a PBS special a couple of years after 9-11, and they asked him about Building 7, and he said, well, you know, we just decided to pull it. You know, we just, we thought there'd been such a loss of life, and so I, you know, I spoke to the fire department, and we just agreed to pull the building, and so we pulled it and watched the building come down. Now, <laughs> the problem with that claim is it sounds awfully like he's saying we decided to demolish the building. That's a that's a term that is used in demolition. To pull well, that's the, the only, building. That's, that's the only thing that I like when you said pull it. I'm like how it takes them weeks. Like when you see when you when you put on a video of a, of a of a you can anyone right now you can Google uh, video demolition and you can see like they they'll they'll it'll take them weeks to set the charges after they've skinned the building. Mm -hmm to set the charges to have it implode on its own footprint like that. Right, right. You don't just, you don't just kick out one of the legs and the building comes down. It's not your grandma's teak table. <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you don't send in Wiley Coyote with a, with a, that wouldn't be Wiley Coyote, it would be the Roadrunner, wouldn't it? With the, no, no, it would be Wiley Coyote with a stick of dynamite, a Yelp sign, and a mistake, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so this, yeah, so you've, you've hit on the obvious problem with it. Well, there are many, but that's the big one is there's no way to rig a building for demolition in a few hours. Um, even if you wanted to, uh, it would certainly have to have been done in advance. So of course, then when, when people questioned him later, then he had to come up with a story. Like he said, Oh no, I meant pull the fire department out. Um, but the problem with that claim is the fire department was out of that building hours before then. Uh, there, were no, there was no one left in the building. So there was nothing to pull. If, and, and, and why would you, if you're talking about pulling the, the, the firefighters out, why would you say pull it? You know, it's, it's kind of silly. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of an obvious thing. And there's, there's, um, there are a lot of reasons to think that there was plenty of foreknowledge even being shown on that day uh, that that building seven well, was going to come down. And yeah, also too, I mean, you and I are familiar with predictive text or predict, predictive uh, imagery. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's certainly definitely into the conspiracy theory realm, but you know, you want, let's like, are, we could just talk about the Simpsons for a quick second. They, you know, the amount of actual nine 11 foreshadowing that took place on TV, a lot of it took place in the Simpsons. And people yeah. will say, it's amazing how many things the Simpsons have predicted. But it gets to a point where, you know, you have to understand that they're not predicting shit. They're showing us what's going to happen. They've got right. this plan in place and they're showing us. And whatever you want to believe is, is what you're going to believe. But why I say, why, why I say, you know, this isn't, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm holding to it. This isn't a conspiracy podcast. This is a mindset podcast. You know, we've just spent an hour talking about every single thing with undeniable evidence. If anybody had any interest in any of this, and actually, um, in this in this uh, this link this link uh, this this podcast, I'm going to have. I'm sure, Craig, you're probably going to upload this onto your uh, uh, your website. I would assume this podcast. Yeah, sure. So in that, um, you're going to be able to. And again, guys, go to truthandshadows.com. And he's going to have, he's he'll probably, you know, at least a redirect. And you'll be able to sift around and you can check out all this sort of stuff. I can put up some links uh, as well. 
in the description of this podcast if you're interested. And I am going to put up that link. So Craig, remind me when we get off here that I'm going to dig up that link of, of the free fall of Building 7. Right. Uh, people can watch it while it's still available. <laughs> um, but it's, it's such an interesting thing that, you know, when it comes down to the mindset, when it comes down to what we want to believe, you know, the way the brain works, we as a population saw planes. And here's another thing too. It's questionable that planes hit the world trade center. Have you, you've dug into that one is right. You think, do you think it was planes or do you think it was missiles and CGI? Well, I, 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 I think it was planes, but I don't, um, I mean, it's possible that it's planes that, you know, some tampering could have been done with some of the, the video at, at, and still have it be planes. Um, you know, so that, that's always a possibility. But I no, I, I think it's planes, um, but I don't think it's the planes that uh, were claimed. I don't think they were passenger airliners, and I don't think they were piloted by hijackers. Uh, <laughs> I think it's much more likely they were, they were empty of people and and that they were you know remote controlled in some way which the well, technology for that's been around since the 50s 100 percent. and there's there's uh, two more things actually there's we're not done yet boys boys and girls we're not wrapping this up i got a few more things i want to talk about because every single time craig opens his mouth i got more <laughs> <laughs> so so talking about that uh everybody remembers back in the day not everybody remembers but everybody my age craig's age you know anybody that you know uh, a little bit older the X-Files had a spin-off show called The Lone Gunman. Or was it The Lone Rangers? No, it was The Lone Gunman. Lone Gunman, yeah. Gun, gun, gunmen, yeah. The Lone Gunman. And that was the irony because there was three of them. Um, and you can look this up. Anyone can look this up. Punch in the pilot for The Lone Gunman. And the entire pilot episode is the script for 9-11. It's what took place on 9-11. All of it, down to a T. It's what took place on 9-11. And it aired before... 9-11 so March 2001 yeah. yeah so so that's it's like there not only okay to get back to what I was talking about I got all distracted I'm like a kid in a candy store over here the, <laughs> what the hell was I talking about um wow brain just dropped uh 9-11 it'll only happen more and more i know and you know what this, there's so much that's you know what the funny thing about too losing your brain like this is, is like i'm so laser focused on so many things that when i start having a good time when i start remembering everything like we start you know getting into the moment i you know things just drop out and before it was like i'd walk into the kitchen i'm like oh why am i here now it's like i'm in the middle of a thought and it's just gone like i'm speaking <laughs> it's coming out of my mouth and the rest of it's like <laughs> squirrel yeah oh yeah <laughs> But I, you know, I think that's, I think that's absolutely, that's one of the greatest gifts that, that, that anyone could give us is the gift of distraction. Because if you can't laugh at yourself, I mean, I have a mild dyslexia and it, uh, it, it's, it strikes in visual. So like when I'm writing cursive or when I'm writing, when I'm actually writing with a pen, um, it, uh, I, I can't, I have a hard time seeing and spacing the words and the lines with my hand. Um, and I have a hard time quickly seeing things. I, it's hard for me to see something or whatever. I see it, I read it differently. So, so many times I'll go past a, a sign on the, on the highway and it'll just be something absolutely arbitrary. I'm like, I couldn't have possibly just read that. Um, but yeah, that, that sort of stuff makes me laugh. And, and I appreciate that. Uh, my own personal insanities, I appreciate them absolutely every single day. Um, so to get back, and I'm a high functioning dyslexic, so it works out all right for me. 
Um, I think that also, you know, plays part with how I can jump from a million different topics and typically wrap them all in. Uh, we were talking that's, though, I believe that's a skill. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I think we were talking about nine 11 and, uh, we were talking about the Simpsons and we were talking about predictive programming and we had touched on the long gunman. I've lost what I was talking about. <laughs> well, I, well, I can, I can pick up on the long gunman if you want. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, um, a, that's a phenomenal topic because it's not, it's not just, Oh, that is exactly what I was talking about. So we will get back to it and you did it again. See, you opened your mouth and I knew exactly what I wanted. That's perfect. <laughs> So the, the, it's predictive programming, right? And it's yep. our minds and it's, and it's where we are. So our brains, the funny thing is our brains witnessed this event take place, witnessed it. We saw it once. We weren't ready for it. We weren't prepared for it. We weren't writing a test. We weren't doing anything. It just in the annals of our memories, somebody said the World Trade Center has been hit by a plane. And I remember myself, I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> Like I didn't, it, it didn't dawn on me as to how serious that was. And then I heard a second plane hit the world trade centers. I'm like, well, two, what the hell's going on here? Uh, so obviously I went and I checked it out. Um, but people will see that people will see that people remember that that happened once that was an afternoon. That was some people were, most people were working. Very few people had the opportunity to watch total coverage. Um, but some of us did. Uh, and we watched it once. We watched it once. We saw it. We listened to the story. We believed the story 100%. And now virtually 20 years later, you know, there's just, there's 20 years of evidence that it was, a, it was an inside job. 20 years of factual evidence that it was an inside job. And the majority of the population would say you are a conspiracy theorist. Not you, not you, but like in general, you think that, that you think that it wasn't Bin Laden, you're a conspiracy theorist. Now, what bothers me about this is that then becomes the population that's like, listen, buddy, I'm going to do exactly as I'm told. I'm going to believe exactly what they tell me to believe, and I'm not going to question a damn thing. And if you question something, you're insane. You're a conspiracy theorist. Blindly accept the bullshit information that they give you, or you're crazy. And for the longest time when I was like, hmm, I'm not tending to believe the initial story, I felt ostracized. I felt like, oh, you know, yeah. am I weird? Is this, should I, I got to keep my mouth shut. What will people think of me? Oh, God. Yeah. Thank God that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's not. For, it's a thing for some people. It, if you've been oh. able to, uh, to rise above that, then. Uh, what other people uh, think? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's. um. I'll give you a I tip would, on that. And, yeah, and, and this, is, this is where we, we can run 10% motivation right here. So it's not 100% conspiracy, this podcast, but it's simple. And the way I look at it with regards to what people think about you is this. You are in control of your life. You are in control of your thoughts. You, are in, you're, you control your thoughts. You don't let your thoughts control you. Some people do let their thoughts control them. But anything you think I'm thinking about you is just you thinking. Right. So if you say, he thinks I'm fat, he thinks I've got shitty shoes, he thinks this, he thinks that, that's actually what you think about you. And you're projecting that out through me back to you. So you're worried about your actions and people are like, maybe I should do this, maybe I shouldn't do this. A lot of people that live sort of without integrity 
will not necessarily worry because most people that live without integrity, if you've got no integrity, you probably don't give two shits about anything, period. So you don't even understand that. But if you're insecure, if you're shy, if you're, if you're an introvert in that sense and you're worried about what people think of you, understand this, that so many people are more worried about themselves that none of them are actually thinking about you. <laughs> yes. Because everybody's just worried about trying to be or trying to please or trying to fit in or trying to do some bullshit with themselves. No one's thinking about you because everyone's thinking about themselves. So when you actually think about the two major key factors in this, when, when you're thinking about yourself or, or when you think somebody's thinking about you, they're not. Nine out of ten times they're not. And whatever you think they're thinking about you is just you thinking. So to ever worry about what other people are thinking about you is just such an atrocious waste of your time. Well, you know, actually, let me then run, run by you. Um, one of the things that I struggle with, particularly with respect to my interest in the subject that we were talking about, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have friends I, obviously, I have a few friends like you who are open, and you know I'm very glad that I do. Uh, and I'm talking about friends that I don't, that I didn't meet through the 9/11 Truth Movement specifically. I have many people I know in the Truth Movement, and of course, we all think similarly. We may not think the same way about every detail, but we we at least understand that yes, conspiracies actually happen in the world. Um, you know, it's a question of what does the evidence show? Um, but what I do struggle with is my non-open-minded uh, friends. Um, and boy, I've got more of those than I ever would have dreamed. Um, some people that I really thought were very kind of progressive politically um, who turn out to, to kind of be the opposite when it comes to uh, questioning and thinking uh, you know, being open-minded and being a critical thinker. Um, you know, when, when I get together with those people, I mean, obviously I can, I can sort of make a case for, you know, talk about 9-11 or whatever, uh, you know, and I can get away with that for a little while, but it's not a, it's a subject that makes them uncomfortable. So when we get together, they can talk about everything that's going on in their life. So, what you know, their job and their, they're, what they're doing on the weekend, and, and everything's great, but I feel like I can't. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I could, but they would not, I would feel that I was, people were just tolerating it up to a point, and they really didn't want to talk about this at all. So the thing that I've invested a lot of my passion in is not really a welcome subject of discussion with sure a lot is. of people I know. So what do I do about that? Well, you've, you've picked the wrong battle. In my opinion on that anyway, because I know exactly what you're talking about. The, the worst thing in the world for me is to be surrounded by a bunch of idiots talking about television, the Kardashians, what they did, what the weather is. I hate small talk. Mm. I hate bullshit. I hate talking about nine to five. I hate talk. I hate being in the bars. Right. Uh, you know, this is, this is, must sound strange, you know, coming from me who was such a, an outgoing individual. I still am outgoing, but you're, the problem that you're facing right now is a problem that I faced and faced to the point where it was so much of a burden to me that I backed away. I have friends. The people that are in my life are people that I have adamantly chosen to be in my life. I have friends that will never understand the truth movement. I have friends that 
um, will listen to me for the sole purpose of arguing with me. Yeah. But those people, like that's what they're doing, right? They're not, they're not, they're not anything other than who they are. So I have friends that I can talk to again, like you, that is part of the truth movement. That is part of this. That is part of that. And even in the truth movement, you and I have had some heated debate ish on mm-hmm. different topics, right? Like that are quote unquote, I believe this and you believe that, you know, earth is flat. No way. Aliens exist. We're all in this. And we're all in that. Like it's all at the end of the day, no matter what you believe, and this comes down to religion, this comes down to science, this comes down to everything, no matter what you believe in any of these things, that's the story that stuck with you that made the most sense. But at the end, like it's all stories. They're all stories. Every last one of them is a story. It's just a different story. It's a story that you dismissed. It's a story that didn't line up with you, whatever. So when it comes down to your friends and why I say you pick the wrong battle, you are wondering why you can't talk your shit to your friends as opposed to wondering why you want to talk your shit to your friends because you can get rid of those people. If they make you uncomfortable, as important as they are, I have some friends that I absolutely adore, but I no longer live in Montreal. I no longer live in Toronto or Calgary or Edmonton. I live, or no, wait, I live in Toronto. That's where I am now. I'm in Toronto right now. Oh, I was talking about the Clintons earlier. Oh man, I try to keep myself as aloof as possible. I mean, uh, I'm in Alaska. Come find me. Ooh, it's chilly up here. Um, I, I, I keep everybody at arm's length, as, as I know you do as well. Anyone that comes close, anyone that knows you, any of these things, like you've got your variations of who can actually get in and get close with you. So instead of, again, instead of not wanting to talk about these things with your friends, know that you can't talk about them and know that you're limited to an hour, an hour and a half with the people that you can't talk with. Go out and enjoy them for what they are and who they are and what they represent to you and be on your, be on your merry way. Well, yeah, and, I, and I, I guess I sort of, you know, do that, but I, there's a, I do feel a certain resentment. Uh, not that I necessarily want to spend all the time with them arguing about the evidence of 9-11. I, I clearly, that, you know, that's, a, that's not a productive idea. But, you know, if somebody, if I knew somebody that was involved, let's say somebody was, you know, involved in the Liberal Party of Canada, and that was their their passion, and they cared very much about getting Justin Trudeau elected again, or whatever it was, even though I don't particularly support that idea. Um, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> <laughs> nor do I like the Conservative Party. In fact, I like them well, a lot less. I voted this time. Funny thing about that, you know, we're not supposed to talk about what we voted for. I actually voted for my right to decline my right to vote. Well, and I think that's a valid democratic choice. And the thing about this is, you know, we have in Ontario, not that I'm in Ontario because I'm clearly in Alaska. Um, right. The, uh, what's his name? Ford. Ford took over. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. the guy. I would have given him my vote. Right. And I when like five years ago. I would have heavily debated conservative versus versus liberal. Right. But now you realize that it doesn't matter. Because for a bunch of years, it's going to be a liberal. Another bunch of years, it's going to be a conservative. Then it's going to be a liberal. And they're going to get pissed off. And it's going to be somebody else. Right? What, you're, what we're arguing about is two sides to the same broken coin. So there's no point, in, in my opinion, arguing politics. Right? There's no point in doing anything. Because the game that they're playing on our backs, the minute we stand up, they're done. Ruling class, the idea. People, 
people think anarchy is total and utter chaos. The definition of anarchy is without government. Right. That's all it is. So <clears throat> they have this, this, this belief that the anarchy, you know, and, and when somebody says anarchy, like the first thing we think of is like, I don't know, London burning. I don't know why that's the person that pops into my head when somebody says anarchy, but that's, you know, that like it's London. It's always the city of London that's on fire. And I think the sex pistols are singing in the background, you know, I'm like, I'm not even sure. <laughs> that's what I have is anarchy, you know? So it's like, it's like, uh, uh, these are the images that are inside our heads, you know? So when it comes down to politics and we totally went off topic on that one, but when it comes down to politics, I mean, I think we still want to talk about the lone Rangers cause you had lone gunman cause you had something good to say about that. But politically it's bullshit. Every single option that you have, it's like, Hey man, you're okay. So here's the deal. You're going to walk into this booth and you're going to, you're going to either stab yourself in the leg or shoot yourself in the shoulder. You have two choices, stab in the leg, shoot in the shoulder. Uh, I guess I'll pick the stabbing this time because the last time the scar's still there from the gunshot that I put in my shoulder. Yeah. Until somebody says, you know what, F you. And here's another thing too. Since we're on the topic and since clearly we're going to get, you know, nabbed here in Alaska, uh, why do people pay taxes? Just stop. And the funny thing that people don't understand is if you live long enough, if you live long enough, no matter how much money you make, you will be taxed to zero. And that is a fact. Gasoline tax, carbon tax, footprint tax, property tax, rain tax, all of these taxes on all of these things, tax on the electricity, tax on this, tax on that, you will be taxed to death. So what people don't understand and then what they argue about back and forth is that, oh, I'm only in the 30% tax island, tax bracket, I'm this, I'm that, right? But you, you, you get 100 bucks and you get income tax off that 100 bucks. So right off the bat, the money that you brought in, whatever some of it's gone and then you buy anything that's outcome tax anything you buy has sales tax on it you buy gasoline there's tax on that if you sold your truck picture one truck changing hands 10 times that's 10 times tax on the same truck because i sold it to you and you right. sold it to somebody else two individuals selling this sales tax on a truck People don't see like these minuscule, minute taxes here, there, and everywhere. It's, it's, it's bullshit. And any license that we have, any license, fishing license, marriage license, hunting license, it is your God-given right as a human being, these licenses. Yeah. And that's the government stealing them from you and selling them back to you. Driving a car in the Canadian Constitution, anyone has the right to travel. Driving by definition is the transportation of people or goods for profit. So a driver's license is only necessary if you're transporting people or goods for profit. But if you're traveling, driving around, and I've actually done this before, sir, I get pulled over, sir, license and registration, you know, I don't view you as authority. Please tell me why you've impeded my Canadian right and ability to travel. You let me go. So when uh, you, 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 you did well to get the right person then if they, if they oh, yeah. give you. <laughs> yeah. My cockiness and my arrogance was, was there. Like he pushed, he pushed again. I said, listen, I, I don't I have nothing against you. I appreciate you as an individual, but the authority you're trying to put on me right now, I do not, I do not view, you know, you can talk about uh, oceanic law. You can talk about all that sort of stuff. Right. But when you say, why have you impeded my Canadian right and ability to travel? If he knows 
much about the law. If he knows the prop, if he's not just out enforcing bullshit victimless crimes to collect money and taxes for the government, then then he'll probably let you go because he doesn't want to deal with the knowledge and the pain and the assets you have. Um, and that's all they are. The only difference between a police officer giving you a hundred and forty dollar ticket and a gang of bikers pulling up beside you at gunpoint taking a hundred and forty dollars out of your pocket is indoctrination. So. And that comes down to all of it. Like we've, we've, we've jumped all kinds of topics here and I do, I do like that. I think that's fantastic. I think, yeah. I think I enjoy talking about this. You know, I think people should listen to this and question these things and think, and think I'm insane. You know what? If you're listening to this and you're like, that guy's batshit crazy. Well, I hope you tune in next week to see what I'm going to say. Um, well, an open-minded person will. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, I think when, when I was talking to you about the things that we've butted heads on, your take on the moon landing. You think we went to the moon, right? No. Oh, okay. Absolutely well, not. That was some other monkey. <laughs> that was some other fool. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. What? <laughs> Absolutely not. But we're talking about open minds. That was some other complete moron. <laughs> no open mind right. there. What I love about that, what I absolutely adore about the moon landing, two things that make that stand out to me when we talk about the moon. There's all this facts, Van Allen radiation belts, et cetera, yada, 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 the blast off, the pinpoint precision, the fact that we can't get back there. The NASA said we don't have the technology to get to the moon. By the way, we're on Mars. We can't. I lose, I, I lose in Montreal. I lost cell phone signal in the middle of the city sometimes. And when I'm in the forest, I lose cell phone signal. But Richard Nixon could use a landline to communicate with a man on the moon <laughs> and nobody questions it. like, Oh yeah. Well, the landline was like plugged into something. I'm like, yeah. And what was the other guy up there talking on? What was that connected to? <laughs> well, you know, uh, funny you should mention the Nixon calls because uh, there is a, a new documentary that I would highly recommend called American moon by a, a, an Italian gentleman filmmaker named Massimo Mizuko and uh, he is, he's also done a, a wonderful film on 9-11 he's done a lot of uh, documentaries uh, from a free thinking point of view Good. and he anyway this is a terrific uh, he really picks apart the evidence especially the photographic evidence but he talks about the calls and what he what he is able to show is that the the time between the, uh, a comment from Nick, like Nixon says his side and then the, the astronaut responds, it takes 1.3 seconds for the signal to go from the Earth to the Moon and then another 1.3 seconds for it to come back. So there's going to be a 2.6 second uh, gap every single time, minimum. Um, but on the, on the recordings, the official ones, the ones that NASA says are totally unedited, these are the, the the ones you should go by for research purposes. Uh, there are times when Nixon will say something and the astronaut will answer within less than a second, uh, which is absolutely impossible. My question, impossible. My question in that is, who says it's 1.3 seconds to the moon? And what's he talking on? What's Armstrong talking on up there? Well, um, nothing. I mean, Garbage. Even well, that. I don't, th I don't think rhetoric. he's up there. No, he's not. I don't there. think he's up there, but I think we. I think it is possible to know scientifically how long it would take a radio a radio wave to get to the moon and back. I doubt that. Well, based, based on what? I don't. You're. You're. Well, you're talking to the wrong person because I'm not the one claiming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the radio wave expert. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But that's what I'm saying. Like that story that he said is like a truth sandwich. It's like, oh, and we're, we're debunking this. It's 1.3 seconds. Well, you're using BS facts, but you're right. There's probably some sort of something that says that. But my question is, yeah. based on what? Who says how far away the moon is? You know, that's a lie too. How far away the sun is? That's a lie. I mean, it, it's, all, it's, it's all just a lie. Uh, <laughs> but the funny thing about, yeah. about, about the Americana version of it, like there's a picture of him standing there. Somebody took a picture of him. And in the background, you see the, the, the crooked horizon, right? The, the horizon, the horizon that we're all used to, the horizon on Earth that always rises to eye level, the horizon is unchanging. But on the moon, it's not so much the same. So the funny thing is you can see the horizon behind him and you can see the horizon ahead of him because the mirror of his thing on the moon. Right. And, and people are like, wow, yeah, you can see both horizons. That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, because it's impossible. Secondarily, nobody questions the fact that that camera was a standard camera that went up and took pictures on the moon in minus 8 billion Fahrenheit or whatever the hell it is on the moon. Oh, anyway, it's just funny. It's just funny. Well, and and we've, we've gotten completely off topic, but I guess the moon is always a funny topic to just be like, what well, the hell the is moon, wrong with The people? moon is, I mean, it, it's, on, it's on topic in the sense that, that the whole moon thing was a massive deception that required, uh, you know, manipulating people into believing it, just like 9-11 was, just mm -hmm. like the Kennedy assassination was, and a lot of other things in between. Well, um, and that's it. And, and then you can say, like, people will be like, no, what happened, right? So there are people that listened to these conversations, and they, they saw this, and like, the kids bouncing around on the moon. Right. And like that happened. I witnessed it. It's in the annals of my memory. It's in the annals of my life. It doesn't matter. You can give me an entire leaflet. Stanley Kubrick himself can come out with a documentary and say, I faked the moon landing and you won't believe it. Even though there's pictures of Stanley Kubrick holding up the newspaper with today's day. <laughs> Some people say Stanley Kubrick did make that film, but it was called The Shining. Uh, the Shining. Now that that's a that's we could do another hour and a half on that, but that, that's a phenomenal movie. But yeah. Stanley Kubrick actually is is he's on record now as as officially saying he uh, he did the he did the moon landing. I, I I don't I don't think he's officially on record as saying anything. Uh, I can I can pull that up. It can be pulled up. There's a video. There's a fake video that's been circulating that supposedly is Stanley Kubrick being interviewed, but it's not real. Oh, maybe that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Maybe like not that, but no, there's, okay, no, that's what it was. There was two. There was this thing that's like, he said it, he's done it. And then somebody came out with that and everyone's like, well, no, here it is. He goes, no, that's the fake one, but where's the real yeah. one? Um, and yeah, I also, don't think, I don't think there's anything of him actually saying that he, he did that. Yeah. And there's nothing in set in stone either. Um, but there is, there's, there's rumor that the, one of the interviews he did in the shining was him talking about the moon landing and what they did with that. Well, there are there are a lot of little little uh, visual touches in The Shining that appear to, you know, like the little kid wearing the uh, Apollo Eleven sweater. Anyway, there's there's. But yeah, there's there's an yeah. interview like like Entertainment Tonight or whatever did an interview with Stanley Kubrick in in like on set, and he was talking about how he uh, if he did fake the moon landing, this is how he would have done it, like O.J. Simpson's book. If I did kill her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... And conspiracy theory on this, he didn't kill her. It, it, she, they, she was just a celebrity that was repurposed. Nicole Brown Simpson became Megyn Kelly. And that's crazy. Well, you know, and people are like, that's bullshit. What are you talking about? I'm like, well, I mean, look at, look at Alex Jones. Alex Jones is Bill Hicks. 100% he's Bill Hicks. There's no way he's not Bill Hicks. You know, so they've just repurposed these guys. So, I mean, like, yes, we're, now we're talking like, well, can you prove that? Can you prove that? 
these are like the fringe conspiracies. And here's what's really funny about these fringe conspiracies. The things that you and I know and the things that you and I have because of what we do and how our brains work, some of the conspiracy theories that people have like handed to us, we're just like, what? <laughs> so, the, so the ones that people think we're talking about that makes us crazy, there are ones that are out there that we've heard that we're like, I'm not even going to repeat that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you, ha- you know, so, like someone in, in who's doing a website on this subject like I am, I have to keep in mind, I have to think about uh, what I say, because there are people out there who are just waiting to pick something and go, aha, we oh, told yes. you he was crazy. And yeah. I'm not talking about friends or people that I don't, you know, should, I'm no. talking about people that, that, that are trying to, uh, uh, you know, obstruct this truth. They're trying, they're trying to discredit anybody that, that questions anything, any dissenting voices. 100%. There are trolls 100%. and shills and, and, government agents all over social media doing this kind of thing all the time. And, and it's funny. so I have to keep, you know, like not every, I, some people may have more freedom to sort of say what, whatever they, they, they want. But if I want to make a strong case on nine 11, you know, I have to look at everything and say, well, you know, is that really a good one for me to go into? And that's, and that's a huge thing too. I mean, to anyone listening to this and to any shills and trolls that want to bust Craig's balls, I'll tell you flat out right now. This is a 9-11 podcast. I got Craig on the show to talk about 9-11. But he brings out the, you know, the good chat and me. And I'm open <laughs> to whatever you want to talk about, people out there that want to run their mouths. Um, and that's the thing with me. Now, here's the funny thing about that. You're talking about people waiting to pick you apart as a truther. Well, I, my, the biggest thing that I do is I try my hardest to make people just see. Right? Just, just believe yeah. in themselves hold positivity in their life and just see. And the amount of hate that comes my way is next level. Like on my social media and all of my social medias now, I've got it set to a point where unless I'm actually following you, you can't talk to me. You can't comment on anything. Oh. Um, Because I am not going to sit there and defend a point. I'm not going to sit there and defend positivity. I'm also not going to give you a platform to spew hate. By all means, live in hate. By all means, do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. But in my universe, I'm not going to deal with it, right? And if you have anything you want to say, all of my my social media and all of my everything, it funnels back to one spot. You can reach me. Anyone that's got anything that they want to say to me face-to-face, I'll even connect with you. But if you want to email me, info at the Mental Mastery Alliance, Adam at the Mental Mastery Alliance, hit us up. You know, if you've got something to say that is specifically designed because you need to say it not because you need other people to see you saying it then come at me but if you just want to run your mouth for the sake of running your mouth on a positive account and what people don't understand about me is i am ultra positive but my past also dictates a few other things (laughs) so when you say i'm totally aware and and yes when you say you are you know you got to be picky and choosy what you do talk about I did get off topic because this was a 9-11, specifically a 9-11 podcast that I wanted to talk about. So two things on that. Know that you're not alone. Know that even though you are pushing out the truth and you're pushing out factual evidence, you're not not pushing out your opinion. You're just, these these are the things that I found. Here, people, look at them, right? right? 
And people are coming back at you with ab hominem and with their opinion, but they're doing it to motivational speakers as well. They're doing it to positive pushers as well. And I think it's the same group of shills, the same people that have been brainwashed to hate and to live in misery and to be miserable. And they're constantly out there. They're just, they just, I don't know. Do they just sit there without any pants and just run around social medias and shit on people? I think that's what they do. I don't know. Some of them are, are, you know, assholes who just love to just, you know, cause difficulty for people just because that that's what they're, that's what they're all about. Yeah. And some of them are, I think are, have their, another agenda and they're, whether they're doing it, they're paid to do it or whether they're just, you know, they have another motivation, whatever well, your, it is, they're, your, they're doing it to stop, you know, people from questioning things. Yeah. And definitely on your Facebook, specifically your Facebook, I drift over to see, I drift over to your Facebook to read the comments and to, if I'm in, if I'm in one of those funky moods, I have no problem attacking the people on your wall that are like yeah. doing that, running their mouths. And if you click back on some of those guys, they're like, they have like nine friends and they're following 800 people and all the people that they're following are truthers or speakers, you know, like this account is just going around commenting on stuff. And it's so easy yeah. to rip these people apart. Not like rip them apart like, oh, you're a terrible person, but like rip apart their argument. Yeah. You know, if anyone has to revert back to your piece of shit or ab hominem this or attack the writer as opposed to the message, you, it's not even worth, like don't even bother arguing back. But I do enjoy going on there and the people that are like picking on you, I love stepping in and being like, well, what about this, 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 and this? Because I know I can yeah. say things that you can't say. Right. And I, and uh, you know, to some degree, I've I, I've learned over the years to be become more picky about what I who I argue with and who mm -hmm. I don't because uh, there was and I know a lot of people like this who at the beginning they they argued with it you know they really wanted to be passionate make the case and whatever but I've learned over the years how many how many of these people are just their their object is to waste your time yes waste yeah. your energy and to get you bogged down so you can't be doing productive things so I I'm I try to pick my spots, but when somebody says something really ridiculous, I do like to at least get on the record with why it's ridiculous so that not, not to argue with that person, but for the other person that comes along, maybe the new person that doesn't know much about the subject, and they see that, and you know, I don't ideally want um, a harmful comment you know, to sort of sit there unresponded to um, if, you know, if, if it's possible that they, that a new person might see it and go, well, yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe, you know, maybe fire really could have brought those buildings down. He might have a point there. So it's hard to know, you know, you don't want to give up your whole life just to argue with people, but at the same time, there are times when you don't want to let certain things just sit there. Yeah. And that's, that's how, I mean, I'm thankful that social media had the option that I went with, which was again, unless I'm actually following you, you can't talk to me. Um, but you can, you can talk to me. You just have to go through the proper channels, but you're not allowed to just spew your rhetoric onto my business. Well, see, that's the tricky thing for, for me because part, when you have a web, website design, you know, uh, on, on a particular topic, well, it's not only 9-11 that I do, but it's, let's say two thirds of it's 9-11. Um, you know, you, you can't be too quick to close down other, other discussion because then people will just label you as, oh, well, he just censors anybody he doesn't like so you, you know you, in other words you have to put up with a certain amount in my position i'm not saying your position but in my position you kind of have to put up with a certain amount of free speech <laughs> um but at the same time without allowing anybody to 
you know, monopolize your, your, your site or your Facebook page. Well, where, where I agreed with that would have been, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't want to censor. And the thing about it is like, you can, you can do partial, like if you do partial and not others, like you're, you're kind of, you're kind of censoring, right? right. Regardless. Um, and so for me, it was, it was a total ban. It was a total shutdown and I'm not censoring anybody because anybody right. has the right to say to me what they want to say. Right. And, and I will discuss almost anything. If you send me an email, I'm getting back to you. Right. right? But yeah. if you waste my time and fill my feed with negativity and bullshit, that's the end of it. Right. So, and that's what I said. Like I'm not censoring anybody. There's no censorship involved. And this was a mindset shift for me. I don't even leave the house with social media anymore. Where before I used to have to check, I had to check what people were saying on Facebook. I had to check what people were saying on, on Instagram, on Twitter and all these things because I wanted to get back and I wanted to share that positivity and I wanted to help and I wanted to deflect the negative and I wanted to comment. And trust me, when somebody, somebody wants to drop negativity on me, I, I have no problem doing battle with that. Right. But I don't need that, right? I don't, I don't need to talk to people. See, like with regards to your Facebook, if you blocked all comments, and I saw something on your wall, I would message you and be like, Craig, this is crazy. What about this, this, and this? Right. right. So you don't, we don't need, we don't need the whole world. You just like me don't need to give the negative douchebags a platform to spew their hate and spew their negativity. You don't need to do that. That's a choice you're making. Um, and it yeah. doesn't, it's not even, it's not even like people can come, people that want information, people that want information will come to you. They'll find you just like they've always done right? 90% of people don't talk about you or to you or at you. 90% of your followers just look at your shit and dip. 10% yeah. talk shit. Oh, sorry. We'll say, we'll say 85% take off, 5% leave beauty comments and, and engage uh, and 10% talk shit, right? And that's, that's, that's where it is. Like the people that aren't saying anything, that's your demographic already. Like you don't, there doesn't need to be all of that all that, that hate that's, that's programmed into people by turning on the television. I hate this. You know, this guy's got 30,000 followers, fans. He's, he's, he's a this, he's a that. I've been accused of being a shill before. Funniest thing in the entire world. Okay, so when, when I was talking earlier about uh, flat earth, whatever earth, there's another theory out there that we're living inside the earth, a concave earth, right? And, and I'm sure you've heard this. I don't know if you've taken a look at this at all or anything like that. Not too much. Yeah, <laughs> but I got one guy on my on my Facebook, and he is he is a diehard. Um, and and what I like about him is he seems respectful, right? He seems Looney Tunes, but I seem Looney Tunes to anybody that's paying attention. Uh, but this guy, uh, I like him. It's crazy. His his stuff is crazy. And I remember I made a comment about something. I'm like, I don't believe in globe Earth. I don't believe in flat Earth. I don't believe in 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 convex earth or inside the ball earth <laughs> i don't believe in your earth i don't believe in flat earth and i don't believe in globe earth and here's why for all three um but i am interested in the real answer and i will keep looking and then so that was my comment this guy comes out of left field and he's like you're a shell you're a plant i've seen you you've got no nah, nah, nah. and he's got he's now he's gone around through all my social media and he screenshotted everything and he's like I've, I've reported you to a group now we all know that you're a shell and you're working for the government and you're one of them la, 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 la. and i was like what in the this guy's nuts. and i'm laughing i'm laughing at this guy but i know to him what he saw in me was 100 percent true 
right? So it's like, I can't even be mad at the guy. I'm like, it was just funny to me, but he was mad. He even then private messaged me. He's like, repent, repent. Jesus is coming. And I'm like, oh God, like this is, this is important to him, right? So there are some people out there on social media that, well, there's some people out there in general that are just, you know, wackadoodle, you know? So you really do have to be on guard. You know, the last thing I'd love to, I'd yeah. hate, like the last thing I want to hear is you get into it with somebody or you, you know, you, you state a point and this guy's found you, you know? And that's, it's not that, you know, that's a very highly unlikely thing, but people are getting crazier as the years progress because probably because of the fluoride and the vaccines. And, and some of them aren't, aren't being sincere <laughs> on top of, on top of whatever else might be contributing to it. Some of these people are, are not genuine. You know, no. they're, they're, they're acting crazy because they want to disrupt what, what you're trying to achieve and what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, because they and, exactly because they, they can't believe it. They, they, they either can't believe it or they're paid to do it. Yeah. Or yeah, that's right. Or they just, you know, it's their hobby that they hate what you're doing and they've decided to disrupt it. Um, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are people, there are hobbyists, oh, yeah. hobbyist trolls as well as you just, you just uh, picture, control. just picture a fellow. He's got two kids, beautiful wife, great job. Comes home, dinner's on the table. Absolutely fantastic. He's got the brand new minivan. TV's in the back for the kids. Everything's perfectly happy. Gets home, goes downstairs, cracks his knuckles and starts trolling people. <laughs> Let yeah. me tell you about how much y'all are pathetic. And I'm like, those guys exist too. I know they're out there. Well, let me let me let me give you an example. There's a guy who I actually did a, a debate with, um, on on a on a podcast. Um, that's run. It's what's well, actually it's it's a podcast called 9/11 Freefall, and it's hosted by a guy named Andy Steele who works for Architects and Engineers for 9/11 Truth. I wanted to mention that organization before I forget because I I'm a volunteer for them for the last five years. And uh, if you really want to get a, you know, the basics of the 9-11 evidence, at least where the World Trade Center is concerned, uh, go check out their site, AE9-11truth.org. Um, that's 9-11 without the uh, slash, just as the 911. Um, anyway, so I did this uh, debate with this guy who's Irish, um, uh, I gathered from his accent and from what he claims. Um, but he's an official story supporter. Like, he's not... He doesn't pretend to be, you know, partial, you know, supporter or whatever. Um, but here's a guy who has now for quite a number of years has spent, has been on daily involved in arguing with truthers. And I think to myself, what the heck would motivate somebody who is already on the majority side of the equation, spending a good part of his life trying to discredit people who are challenging the official story. Why most people would just say, I'm not going to be spend any time. I, you know, I believe the official story. I'm going to work on other, do other stuff in my life. I don't care. But why does this guy spend years? And, and you know, the, the, the answer is, I'm not sure what the answer is other than either he's being paid to do it or, you know, he doesn't have much going on, I guess. But, um, it certainly makes me suspicious when somebody, uh, you know, focuses that much energy on propping up an official story that, you know, it's already fairly well, you know, well imprinted on people's people's minds. I remember one time getting on a, uh, joining a, a Facebook group that was talking about the Kennedy assassination 
And frankly, it, it never occurred to me that it was going to be a Facebook group supporting the Warren Commission and supporting Oswald as the loan. Is, it never even occurred to me. I just assumed. And the first comment I made on there about you know, questioning Oswald being the, the killer I was like pounced on by like eight different people demanding, <laughs> well, prove me. Oh yeah. Well, where did you get that? Prove, prove this, prove that. Oh yeah. You know? And I'm like, Whoa, what, what did I just step into here? And those people spend a part of every day of their lives patting each other on the back about how they're on the right side of the Kennedy assassination. Like, yeah, yeah. That is got to be behind that. That can't just be what those people find fun to do. It's so weird because I mean I, I couldn't even I couldn't I couldn't even fathom that. It's like why would why would you get involved in yeah. something that it's like you're not you're not a movement you're not you're like I agree I agree with everything yeah. like let's all right. join forces with everyone that agrees with everything and let's just all hang out and agree with stuff. Yeah, at least at least on the side of the people doing the challenging, you're 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 up against everything you're up against the mainstream media you're up against apathy you're you know, up against you're up each against, other as well well and yes and that's that's uh, what that's what the whole other <laughs> yeah the whole other subject absolutely yeah i uh, like that if you know a bunch of truthers are going to get together they're going to talk about stuff they're going to yeah. say what about this and did you know this and did you know that and what about this and what about that but like, what are the other guys doing yes i did read that article yes thank you gil yes 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 we all know yes that's yes. right Yes, it's yes, good. We love that government report. Yes. Uh, yes. Those Warren Commission guys were right on the money. Boy, oh boy. Thank God you guys <laughs> exist. Yes, I love this. But you know what's tricky, though? It, it, you know, on the, on the side of the, if I can use the word truther, not no, only in relation to 9-11, but any, anything, any official story that's being challenged, a truth seeker, let's say. Yeah. Um, you have to... Uh, what this is what a lot of people I, frustrates me with some of my uh, uh, colleagues, I guess you'd say, is you know they have certain pet theories, you know, about what exactly happened, and they they will defend those those theories, you know, to the death kind of thing. And I certainly understand that because when you feel like oh, I've looked at the evidence and here's what I conclude, but ultimately, I don't think 9/11 is a hobby. I don't think this is something that I just love to chat about. I actually care about political change and exposing lies so that people can make decisions based on truth, not on lies, so that they don't get sucked into some war half a world away that's going to kill a lot of people and, th and, and, and sort of support the war because they don't know any better. So... What I try to think about is it's not so much, gee, can we figure out exactly you know, what happened in each little minute aspect of this, but how can we challenge the story? How can we challenge the official story? And, and a perfect example is I, one of my big topics in 9-11 is the Pentagon event. And there are people that, you know, that will insist it was definitely a missile, it was definitely, or any sort of number of variations. And I always, try to say, well, okay, fine. You may think it's a missile. I may think it's explosives in the building. But if we both agree that there, was, there wasn't a 757. Ain't that the, something. What? I never even considered explosive. I always just, I never really gave it much thought. I was just like a missile hit it. I never thought about it. I was like, it, right. well, obviously it wasn't a plane, but you're right. It, it blew outwards, didn't it? 
Well, that's a complicated question <laughs> um, because there is um, there is debris outside the hole, but it's not in line with the hole. Hmm. So, um, was know, it your was it your Facebook? I saw this couple of guys with it was a couple of government dudes in suits running around placing bits of plane. Yeah, that was a meme I made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean. The, that's meant to be a little satirical because the guy's saying, you know, oh, like, Ooh, where, you know, where can I set this one down? Oh, there's a spot. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, um, unfortunately some people have no sense of humor. So of course they say, oh, right. well, how can you prove that guy was planting that? You know, how do you know? Well, you know, it's like, okay, first of all, it's a joke. Mm. Second of all, there were unidentified guys running around, whether they were placing pieces of airplane or picking them up and moving them or, Whatever they were doing, they had no business doing that because yeah. it was an, an active crime scene and <laughs> nobody should have been touching anything. Exactly. And your caption on that picture doesn't take away from the fact that that picture exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a real picture. And <laughs> there's all kinds. I mean, and there, and there are others. There, there are guys with FBI jackets walking around carrying pieces of alleged plane. <laughs> and it's, you know, the, the funny thing is that none of the pieces that anybody has ever seen outside that you know were that supposedly land none of them are are too big that you could not pick them up and toss them in the back of your station wagon if you wanted to mm -hmm. uh of course nobody yeah. has station wagons anymore so i'm dating myself your minivan <laughs> you know? crossovers yeah crossovers and minivans now what's the station yeah yeah i know i'm 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 back in the you know the the Brady Bunch, you know right. era when they all piled into the station you wagon. can throw them all in the back of your woody he said what <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you for knowing what a Woody is. Yeah. Was, you know. He said what again? <laughs> Where am I putting these plane bits? God damn. Um, yeah. So, um, so I, I, yeah. So obviously my whole, my whole point there is um, I would rather, rather than, I mean, I certainly have no problem saying what I think happened. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't believe that there was a plane crash there at all. There could period. be. Period. Um, well, no, there couldn't have been because you would have had, first of all, the hole in the building wasn't big enough. And second of all, uh, there would have been a plane. <laughs> there would have been a plane more than just a few, you know. Yeah, exactly. You would have had, uh, you know, the, the tail section uh, would have hit uh, above the, the hole that was there. The, the tail section would have made a mark on the third and fourth floors above that hole. And, there's, and the windows are not even broken above that hole so how does the tail section of a plane at plow into that wall at 500 miles an hour and not break those windows you know that's for starters and and even the wings the wings simply disappeared um so so anyway the reason i brought all that up is to say that i make a choice even though uh, i have no trouble saying i think it was explosives if somebody else says well i think it was a missile I mean, I think there's reasons why I don't think it was a missile, uh, but I would say, okay, look, you and I both are on the same side because we both think it wasn't a 757 plane crash. So let's let's team up, let's get together and and be on that side, be on the no 757 side of the equation. Yeah, and, and let's I, use our combined knowledge to maybe find a, a yeah. rather plausible answer that we can both agree upon. Well, yeah, and even if we, it's. It, it's okay not to agree about every little detail because when, if we dig our heels in and say, I'm only going to, this is the theory that I have in every little detail I believe, I'm not budging from any of them, then what you're really saying is we're going to have, 
you know, 100,000 different positions, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd rather have one big position, which is the official story is a bunch of lies and show people how it couldn't be true um, and, and, and not necessarily splinter off you know, we do have to address sometimes some of the others, the other questions, because people will say, well, then, you know, gee, what happened to the planes or whatever. Um, so you're going to get those kind of questions. But the, the focus really should try, should be to show how how the story couldn't be true. And that's why I there's a, a gentleman named David Ray Griffin, who's written about 10, 12 books on 9-11. And his approach is very much what I would endorse, which is. Uh, he just takes the evidence, the official, the, the official claim, and then bit by bit he says, well, you know, they claim this, but, you know, Dick Cheney said, you know, in the Washington Post the next day, said the opposite. So you've got, you know, the government claiming one thing, then you've got the vice president saying, well, you know, something different. You know, there's a problem here. Is that where they so, shot him? It's, <laughs> Wasn't it Dick Cheney that did the shooting? He shot his buddy. Oh, was he? Yeah, he probably was. He, he was the shooter. He was the one on the grass, you know. <laughs> well, but, nothing uh, would surprise me with that guy. No, and that's that's one of the, the 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 you know that's that's the congruent fact. I mean, you said earlier you're like, well, if they have a hundred thousand different stories, that is even if there's a hundred thousand different stories as to why it didn't happen. That's a group that I could get a part of. I could jump into that and listen to everybody's opinions. I, yeah. it's, it still blows my mind that there's the other side. Nope, this happened. And there's a group of people talking about it. They're, they're in there and yeah. they're talking. They're not discussing how it could have happened because they have to believe in the official story. But that, that's there. They're there. They're there and they're out and they're shutting people down. Yeah. And, and actually, what I find is even more fascinating than that is, is the – the bulk of the public that doesn't want to touch this at all. You know, they're not spending any time on it. They don't even, they don't even want to have it brought up. And that's most, I don't know if it's most people, but it's a lot of people. Um, and they are made so uncomfortable by it. Um, and I, th I think that's, what's kind of interesting too, is to sort of look, people always want to talk about the psychology of the conspiracy theorist. Right? That's what I want to talk about. Well, we can talk about that. But I just want to make this point that that you know if you do search searches for for articles in mainstream publications about conspiracy theories, you will commonly see the subject uh, brought up of basically is why do why do conspiracy theorists think the way they do? Why do they keep believing what they believe? They sort of have, in other words, you know. X number of years have passed. Haven't they wised up yet? You know, um, and I actually think it's not the psychology of the conspiracy theorist that is really the the real mystery. Um, what's a mystery is the people who are so um, much in denial and so uncomfortable by questioning anything. Uh, what's going on in their heads? Because those people are they have an idea of how the world works and they are really distressed at the idea that maybe there might be something wrong with what they think. I have a, um, my take on that is, is, is a little, I, I know those people. I know who you're talking about. I can, I can, I can see them in my mind's eye, but I don't talk to them. I think 
I think that's kind of where I go. I think that those people need to hear it from somebody who's in their safe space. They don't need to hear it from me or from a stranger or from a TV show. They need to get to it on their own. But I also know that in life and, and, and where we are in the world that there is a need for everyone. Every single person has value in, in what they believe and what they do and how they go about what they do. So I know that when I come across people that are so stringently against it, I mean, I think it's funny. Whenever I would never talk about the topic to those people. I would talk about how the topic pisses them off. <laughs> right. And that, that was my amusement with that. Um, but I certainly know that there are people that you can wake up and you hit the nail on the head too, where you're like, your purpose here is to make sure that people don't go and fight in a war. And the idea behind war is just so utterly stupid because it in and of itself is a conspiracy. It's bullshit. War is, is dumb. War, war, people are talking about World War III possibilities and all this sort of stuff. And the reality is in today's day and age, there could not be a World War III. I don't think you could convince a group of people to take up guns and go shoot other people. Because I think the media is getting more and more, or people are becoming more and more aware and more and more awake to the fact that in the media, they're making us fear Muslims in the West. They're making us fear the East. And in the East, they're making, us, they're making, they're making them fear the West. And we know it. Whenever we see it, like a Muslim on TV, he's always yelling and, and saying whatever he says. And the funny thing is, a buddy of mine's like, you know when they've got that one Arab guy and he's just yelling at the top of his lungs like an absolute lunatic and, and, and that's what the media shows? He goes, that's the equivalent of them doing a newscast in, in Louisiana and they've got the fattest, loudest woman yelling into the TV screen. He goes, it's the same thing. He goes, you're seeing this doctored image of this bullshit. And any war anywhere is all about lies because anyone that's paid any attention to the Americas or anything like that knows that America is the bad guy. America's going out and, and, and <laughs> imposing freedom <laughs> on, a, on a million other countries. You know, and, and, and how dare Iran put its country so close to all of America's war bases. That's right. And... and uh, you know, this is something that people necessarily don't want to talk about, right? Now, there is that 10% of, of hoorah, gung-ho people that are out there, and they aren't my people. You know, I'm not going to – I am 100% if I have ever – if I ever had to take a stance on anything, I'm 100% anti-murder. Um, and, and, and war is killing people. War, the whole purpose of war is to kill people. It's not to prove your point. It's not to win an argument. It's not to, it's not to do anything other than to kill people. And to me, that seems like human sacrifice. And if human sacrifice is going on, then there's something shadier than, than, than there's a story that we don't know about. You know, and it's not about oil. This oil stuff that they talk about, it's not about oil. Uh, you know, the, 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 there's, you and I are both familiar with the Rothschilds and the Bilderbergs and, and, and the one world government, the financial government. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's possibilities there, but there's an old saying too, that says the whole world's a stage. And that's just a fun campy thing that everyone kind of accepts. And oh yeah, I've heard that. Of course I get it. But we're all the audience, the basic human being guys like you and me, we're the audience and there's the ruling class, you know, there's the Royals and, and, and all these people that are out there playing this game on this stage that we're all watching. They know stuff that we do not know. 
they're doing stuff that we we cannot see because they've they've they own all of the media you know they've shown us exactly what we need to see to keep us completely in the dark it's it's a game that we're all playing that we don't know that we're playing and the opinions right. that we have the opinion every single opinion that you and I have is bullshit and and that's the bottom line. And people don't want to hear that. People are like, well, you, you can't say my opinions are bullshit. I'm like, well, honestly, bro, every opinion is bullshit. Because every opinion is based solely on the information that we have. And every single time we get a little bit more information, we find out more information. Or there's another question that we have to ask. There's no end to this rabbit hole. There's no, there's no end to, to where we're going or what we're doing. I mean, 9-11 is a piece of the pie. Yeah. Right? But people are like, no, it was, it was designed because blah, blah, blah. But you and I can have all these things. Like you and I know, you even mentioned the SEC. There was a huge thing. I mean, taking out 9-11 now or taking down the World Trade Centers now wouldn't work because everything is backed up everywhere on the internet. So there's no one spot that all this stuff was. But I mean, the amount of people yeah. that benefited from, the, from World Trade Center 7 going down is next level. Um, and now when you were mentioning the asbestos, those, those towers had to come down. Nobody's going to pay for those things to go out. So of course they're just like you know what let's just we'll just blow them up, we'll take them down and then we'll put another one up, right? But then how are you going to say that to the public? We're going to take them down. It's too much asbestos yeah. in them, you know. But you you hit the nail on the head. You actually you inadvertently it sounds to me like you hit the nail on the head. It was asbestos. So how do we use this to our advantage? You know, let's take them down and let's blame Bin Laden and then let's create a war on terror and then let's have that war on terror scare everybody and let's have people be afraid of things for a long time and we can control people that are afraid of things and they won't ask questions if they're afraid of things. So terrorists brought down the world trade center. Now we're having a war on terror, even though war itself creates terror, we're having a war on terror. So counterproductive, but here we are. Um, a war bin Laden. against an emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Bin Laden. I think South Park did the, the greatest episode in the entire world where they went to war with the imagination. So all the characters inside your imagination, like the U S army went to war with, but, <laughs> But it was a two-part episode, and the, the whole point was it was a running joke, a running theme. Like, the war is in your imagination. Like, we are at war with your imagination. And they're telling the general public. Like, South Park is, it's, they're the window. There was the other one, I think I told you about a, a while ago. There's an episode where they're, they're, uh, they, were, they were mocking uh, uh, those brothers, the, the, the hunting brothers, whatever they are. I can't remember. Anyway, and they were talking about conspiracies. And they're like, oh, yeah, we plant the conspiracies. So we let the most of the people just believe the story. And then the people that don't want to believe the story, we give them a conspiracy. So they believe the conspiracy. And then those people that don't, we got a deeper one. So we give them that conspiracy. Yeah. So you believe the main story or you believe the conspiracy story. As long as you don't believe the real story or know what the real story is, then we're fine. Which is what brings me back full circle. The Hardly Brothers is what they called the episode. The Hardly Brothers. Dookie. The mystery of the bathroom dookie. Okay. So, so they buried this this whole they buried this this actual beautiful story of how the truthers and how the truth movement and how and how the the people that hold the the information work they buried it in the story about somebody who took a, a shit in the stand-up urinal <laughs> <laughs> which in and of itself is funny if you're not going to look at it in any deeper message it's a funny episode right um but they're out there telling you there's too many of these shows that are out there telling you and that's why i say our opinions are are, are moot Yes, we know that the World Trade Centers came down. Yes, we know that Bin Laden didn't do it. And what makes me laugh is how many people are like, Bin Laden, let's get Bin Laden, right? I think if I say that name one more time, we do officially get flagged, so I'm going to hold off on that. Um, they, uh, 
they, they capture this guy, quote unquote, in Pakistan, shoot him in the head, roll him in the river. And that's the end of it. Everyone's like, all right, cool. We got him. Right? Nobody, nobody bats an eye. The amount of people that are so blinded by the quote unquote official story or what goes on in those stories, you know, is absolutely next level. And as I say that, I realize that we're, we're running up on two hours. Um, so I, you know, these, 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 I knew that this wasn't going to be a short one. That's for sure. Um, but we should probably tie it in. So I will, I will do the, the, the first call for last call at this one. Is there, is there another topic that you wanted to get on or did I hit something that you want to discuss there? Um, well, yeah, there, I mean, there's, I guess there's so many ways one could go, I guess. I, and this, I don't, won't be the, this won't be the last time you're on the show. No, we're definitely going to do this again. I have a feeling okay. that this is going to be a very high, highly rated episode. Well, good. In that case, then I, you know, there's no particular need to worry about missing something. I mean, I, I, I guess since we've focused mostly on 9-11, I would just, I would just say this, you know, I, I, I approach this as a, as a, as a, as an activist, I guess, which is something I did. I really never was before. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I, I feel maybe I don't have totally the luxury of, of just not worrying about what other people are thinking, not in, in terms of, you know, personal interactions, but in terms of the big picture. Um, because I really do want to expose this lie and I do want to wake people up. But just know and, that you are, you are waking well, the people so. up. You're waking the people up that need to know it, right? These people aren't going to say anything to you. It's the assholes that are going to speak the loudest. Right. The most ignorant people are always the loudest in the room. So you don't have to worry about that. I, I would like right. to put your mind at ease with regards to that because the people like you've been doing this for so long that people are paying attention. I've sent so many people to your page. You know, and, and they're like, oh, I have my answers now. But none of them are going to be like, wow, thanks, man. They're just going to be like, that's a piece of information. Because what you're putting out there, even though it's your passion, your heart, your hard work, your research, your like everything, that there's so much work that goes into this work, this page that you do, this, this lifestyle, that people, are, people don't see that. People don't know that. People just click on an article, read it, and like, meh, next. Yeah. Right? And, but yeah. that's the majority of the world. So yeah. you, you need to be... You need to be less sensitive to that, certainly for your own damn soul, because you're going to do what you're going to do. And what happens at the end of that is, is, is what's going to happen. You're not in control of what's going to happen. Right. And that's why I said, I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm like, I don't even care anymore. You know, yeah. I put up, like I said, I put up a few stops and then I just, I dipped. I no longer have to check my messages, check my this, check my that. I don't care. I don't need, I don't need anyone to think anything of me other than what my actions dictate that they are. And I let that all go. And I'm not, it's not even, it's not even like I'm, I'm, I'm born with this disposition. You know, I used to care heavily what people thought of it. It was crippling, but now it's, it's freeing when you sort of like, you know what, just keep doing what you're doing. Your, your voice, your power, your integrity will carry its way through and everyone can come and hate. And the more people that come and hate, great. That's more attention that's being drawn to you. And when you live with integrity, Attention, good or bad, is irrelevant. It just keeps coming, and it's good. Well, that's that's all. That's encouraging. That's encouraging for sure. Um, I'm I'm happy if I can just you know get some people to to think twice about their assumptions. I can I can assure you that you have. I can assure you that absolutely you have. I mean, your again your work, your writing skills, your style. Another thing too, to anyone listening, uh, Craig doesn't advertise too much, but he is available for copywriting. Uh, he does, he does enjoy telling a good story, spinning a good yarn, give him some details and he'll run with it. Um, certainly reach out to him. Absolutely. You, yeah. You could, 
anybody wants to email me, you can email me at truthandshadows at WordPress. No, sorry. <laughs> that's that's, that's a one, re eh? reflex. Reflex there. No, <laughs> no, no, bad WordPress. Bad. Bad. Shame um, on you. <laughs> truthandshadows at yahoo.com is Urban. the email that I'm happy giving out to the public. Um, and so, yeah, if anybody, uh, yeah, looking for writing help, certainly I'm available. And if anybody wants to just comment on the, the topic that we, you know, that we discussed on the show here tonight, then I'm happy to do that too. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to post this. So this is going to go up. Um, I'll give you the link so you can put it on your Facebook so you can have people talk about it there. Uh, guys, check him out too. Craig McKee on Facebook. You'll be able to find him. No problem. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put a few links up uh, in the description, I believe, uh, or they're just going to put them under the description afterwards. But to anyone that has any questions about this, or if they've already forgotten Craig's email address, cause he apparently has too, um, he does lead a, a quieter life. So if you do need some copywriting done, you can shoot me a message, Adam at the mental mastery Alliance. I will certainly have Craig, uh, contact you. Um, and his, his work is phenomenal. His message is phenomenal. His heart is pure. Uh, this has been uh, one of my favorites uh, since I've been doing this, I, I have to say, you know, it's not just this call. It's not just this, the, the, the message that you and I are on. Uh, it's been an honor uh, chatting with you again, because it's been close to a year since you and I have actually, you know, connected maybe even more than that. Um, so it's been nice to, to, to shoot the breeze with an old friend, you know? Yeah, I, yes, you were definitely uh, the, the, our work experience that we had in common. You were definitely one of the, one of the, uh, the aspects of that that made it uh, made it fun. So a, li a lifetime ago. <laughs> it seems like uh, at least a lifetime ago. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, then that, that's another subject for a totally different kind of show. But yeah, yeah, we're um, not going to talk about that. <laughs> no. Never mind um, that. <laughs> but no, but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it very much, uh, Adam, and uh, and certainly uh, I really support uh, the work that you're doing. I think it's uh, you know. Yeah. It's One of the things too. To people. That's and that's one of the things too. Like it's and I said this, you know, I, I know I'm we're trying to we're trying to wrap this up, but I keep going long on it. What I do is I I I demand people ask questions, and and what I've always done, and this is this is kind of like a cop out because when I say to you, Craig, don't worry about it. What I do is I wake people up and then I pass them off to you, and I pass <laughs> them off to other people. So like I just get people going, and then I'm like, now you now you want to check out these guys. So my, I mean, my whole objective is just to get people to ask questions. So, I mean, my crowd and my, my clientele is definitely different than yours. Uh, so, I mean, I, it's not that my advice is, is 100% to be listened to, speaking of, you know, your clientele and what you're doing. But for me, I like to get people to think. My whole purpose is just simply think a little bit, question a few things. And if anything seems a bit interesting or off, let's connect, let's talk. And then once we've got that going, let me show you all these other people that you can look into. Let me open the doors to the world of wonder. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to wrap this episode up like I always do. And in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.